Well, Raymond, it's very nice of you to finally join us again. We were missing you last week during my huge mega emergency podcast with Louis B talking about Stafford going to the Rams and how that affects the 49ers and the greater NFC West. What on earth were you doing? How did you, why did you miss this episode? You know, sometimes life gets in the way and you just don't have enough time for a Rams fan. Sometimes life gets in the way and you're just taking a shower for 45 straight minutes. Sometimes life gets in the way and you're re-watching the third film in the Matrix trilogy wondering what went wrong. <laughs> Sometimes you're watching every other sequel after the first Jurassic Park and wondering why am I wasting my life on this? <laughs> Sometimes you are eating macaroni and cheese for 45 straight minutes. Sometimes you're figuring out the enigma that is why the Niners were able to sweep the Rams but still finish 6-10. and 10. <laughs> Sometimes you are, Raymond. And before we get started, why don't you let the people know where can they find you when you're not doing sometimes? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis one Well, what about us, though? And us, as far as us, if you guys want to look for us at the same time, then you can go to, you can follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. And if you are on the YouTube, make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified live when we go to the interwebs on the line, as we say on the show. And be sure to leave a comment on YouTube because that's what feeds the algorithm on that beast of a platform. And we'd love to hear from you. We got actually had a lot of back and forth after the L.A. Rams. I saw that uh, some of our fans were chiming in with some other Rams fans and we also chimed in as well. And that was great to see and always fun to see that. So be sure to join the discussion. Absolutely. Okay, we are back with a huge episode. This is our Super Bowl reaction show. Uh, a lot of different feelings. I would say some mixed feelings. You know, I feel one way, Ray feels another about this Super Bowl. And uh, it was interesting to see 49ers Instagram, 49ers Twitter, and their reactions to this going forward. And it also gave me some thoughts just thinking about the previous Super Bowl. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk a little bit about all of this mixed together. And then, of course, another Warriors update. Our boy Wiseman still out. And Warriors kind of been doing what they've been doing this whole time. You know, win one, lose one, win two, go down two. Uh, you know, classic Warriors but uh, for this season. Classic classic 2021 Warriors. That's what I'll say. Uh, so we're going to talk about it. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop. The greatest fanist in the game. He's in the building. You're Professor of Fanalism. I'm here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! 
Raymond, it's a wrap. It is over. The Super Bowl is come and gone. And Tom Brady and those Buccaneers are Super Bowl champs. A team, they were on the road from the wild card position, faced the number one team in the AFC, and then took them out. Brady got this team to rally in a way that I did not think was possible. Uh, but luckily, you know, uh, they uh, while the Buccaneers, li- I was eliminated from my eliminator pool because I chose the Buccaneers the very first week. I won pretty big on Sunday. I bet the Bucks straight up. Then I also bet I did a, I did uh, three things needed to happen on my little parlay. So, S- Bucks needed to win the Super Bowl. Brady needed to win the MVP, and he needed to throw three touchdown passes and boy did that net me a lot of money for very little it's probably the best super bowl bet i've ever done in my life and i briefly had it on twitter and i took it down so if you didn't see it it's gone uh i can't tell you but raymond i know you have some mixed feelings for this as evidenced by your background now i have to ask you raymond because uh I I say I see it like this. So I'm dying to hear your, your feelings on this. I was rooting for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, because I could not, in good faith, root for the Kansas City Chiefs after they defeated us in the Super Bowl last year. But you felt a little different. So explain to 49ers faithful, Goldcast Empire, why you were rooting for the Chiefs. Because this was a hard one. This is much like the, what was it? The, uh, was it was it when Seattle played the Pats? Yes, the uh, Hater Bowl. Yes. Oh my God. It was kind of like that, where it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It doesn't matter which opponent you pick. So, uh, you know, I was not interested in seeing another Tom Brady Lombardi Trophy. I would rather see the Chiefs go back to back than to see Tom Brady hoist a seventh championship. Granted, the first few are controversial and there's cheating involved. The latter three, in my opinion, are legitimate. And so is this one. Um, so he's got four in my book, <laughs> in my stat book. Everything else is an asterisk. But um, I just was tired. I'm tired of seeing him. You know, I'm, I'm done. It's been 20 years of this and he's been there 50% of the time. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I got enough. I, I, I got it. I, I, I saw that. Re- I, this Super Bowl, I was like, oh, Tom Brady's in it again. Oh, yeah, I've seen this rerun. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, how, how's this show? How's this episode uh, go again? Yeah, that's right. He usually wins. Um, so, you know, 70% of the time. And so I'm just just was not interested in seeing that rerun once again. And sure enough, you know, uh, he won. I did not watch the game because I had no interest. Uh, you, when you don't have a dog in the fight, you're like unmotivated at all. Like that's how I felt. I was like, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't care for Patrick Mahomes and them winning, but if someone was to win, I would be okay with them winning. And I don't care for t- Tampa Bay or the Bucks winning. I don't care if it was a different quarterback in t- in Tampa Bay. That would be fine. Um, it's amazing what one pl- what one difference of a player makes to a team. Um, you had a year ago, you have somebody, you know, throwing as many touchdowns as he does inter- as many interceptions as he does touchdowns and then going and playing the backup in New Orleans and then being succeeded by, you know, the best in the game right now and taking them to the whole show and winning it all. 
And so, so to me, it was a bittersweet Super Bowl, much like, you know, the Seattle Hater Bowl. And it ended in the same stupid result. Or no, did Seattle, was that Seattle? Seattle lost the first time. No, they won against, they lost against the, the Pats. So it was the same stupid result. Yeah, they both, um, both teams lost, lost back-to-back. I, I think they might be the only two teams to have gone back-to-back besides the Patriots. Yes, they are the third team to do it in the last 20 years, and uh, they, yes, they, they lost. Um, Pats have also lost uh, back-to-back as well throughout this stretch of theirs. They, they, they've only won back-to-back. The last time, they, the only time they did it was in 04. They haven't accomplished right. it again. Right, which is good, which shows you how hard it is to win back-to-back. Um, Pittsburgh did it twice in the 70s. Niners did it once in the 80s, and uh, that's it. And Buffalo lost four straight. So, well, no. Know, then that... you had the Cowboys that did it twice. Oh yeah, that's right. The Cowboys. And then and then the Patriots in in '04. And oh, the Broncos, the Broncos, and then the Patriots. Broncos and Patriots. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's the order. That's right. And then uh, Brett Favre lost back to back. I think. Did he? He's been to three total. He's been to two. He lost one one one. He lost one and one one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were back to back though. I can't remember. It was during that stretch in the '90s. Yeah, it was during that stretch. He beat the pay. He beat the pay. He beat the Drew Bledsoe Patriots and then yeah. lost to the John Elway uh, Broncos. Um, so to me, it was just an uneventful time. You know, I believe I was drinking mimosas at one point in the morning, and then you know, then I had to work, so it was fine. It was, I, it was great. Uh, I did some work in the afternoon, and then I helped help do some more work later that night. So when I was done. I didn't see the result. Well, my phone notified me of the result. And then, you know, you just swipe away, swipe away as quickly as you can. You don't want to look at, ah, my eyes. You know, it's it's very blinding. Um, So, but I'm glad it's over because I'm ready to get back into the mode where my focus is on the Niners winning their sixth championship. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And speaking of the Niners, you know, watching this game, well, first of all, like I said, I in good faith could not root for the Chiefs after they defeated us. I, I just could not do it. And to be honest, the fact that Brady, that this team had rallied so hard around Tom Brady, I just wanted to see it done, you know. And we we talked about this off off air, off the line, as we say sometimes here at the Goldcast. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we uh, we discussed this, you and I. We said we talk, I you know I was talking to you about how impressed I was with the fact that you know he he just has a a level of leadership that seems to be very unique unto him. And, and this is, I felt like this was the time that I'd heard more. I'd heard more about it in the last two weeks than I'd ever heard it coming out of Patriots camp. Patriots are very tight lipped about everything. Every they're you know, there's kind of an Uber paranoia that, go, that follows the Patriots team. And so they always, you know, nothing gets leaked out ever. And I felt like this was the first time I heard players being really, really vocal about Tom Brady. And, you know, he texts the entire team, every night for two weeks telling them that they were going to win you know we will win and he kind of just kept drilling it into their minds that they were going to win this game um you know he uh he talked about honor he said like a week before the game he talked about honor and playing a you know playing a kid's game and the honor you know the privilege this is to be able to play at this level and to be playing it in this particular game and it was clearly Obvious, like you said, what a difference one player makes. His ability to rally this team was really impressive. On the road, three straight games from the wild card position, defeating in a row Breeze, Rodgers, 
and then Mahomes. I mean, it's, I mean, whether or not, you know, regardless of how you feel about Tom Brady, you have to admit that's pretty impressive. Like that, what a run this team went on. And, and that defense really, really came to play. I, I'm impressed this much, this much, which is hard to get out of me. It's hard to get out of me, really hard to get out of me. So they should be grateful for that. I'm sure they are. I'm sure Brady is very grateful. Uh, on top of that, it was interesting to watch the game as a Niners fan. They were running a blueprint that looked very similar to what we did last year. You know, I think we ran the ball maybe a little bit more than they did. But essentially, you you know, you had the same exact – all the same arguments we presented last year uh, I felt were the same this year. There's a Kansas City Chiefs team that couldn't really run the ball. They were one-dimensional. There was basically, you know, they they basically had their receivers. Yeah, elite elite passing and mediocre defense and no running game to be heard of. Yeah, I mean that's essentially the difference was this year. The difference between the Bucks and the Niners, I thought this year, was the fact that their offensive line was so banged up. The Chiefs were. Their offensive line was so banged up, and the Bucks were able to exploit that at a level that yeah. the Niners could not. You know, it's hard. Well, it's it's hard to stay healthy when you play that much football. Uh, you know, for uh, for the Chiefs, speaking for the Chiefs, and they were not as banged up as they were last year, and I think that was a big advantage for Tampa Bay's pass rush in this game. Because I heard, you know, from what you told me and you know what little I've seen, um, you know, Mahomes was flustered and had was running for his life the whole time, much like our quarterbacks were doing all season long, and getting injured for it. So it's no surprise that that was the focal point of of the defensive scheme, you know, because you that's absolutely what Robert Sala would have done if that if we were in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's exactly what occurred. You know, they uh, they dropped two high safeties, ran their front four and uh, basically smothered, they smothered Mahomes and, and smothered those wide receivers. Mahomes ran for 495 yards in the backfield behind the line. <laughs> he had a Lamar, Lamar Jackson game. <laughs> yeah, but only horizontally, yeah. <laughs> left to right. That's all he was doing. He was going east-west. He wasn't going north-south. You know, he was really, it was a real tough situation for him. And uh, it, it was clear, I mean, they, you know, they only scored nine points. They, they kicked three field goals. That was it. I really enjoyed it. It was frustrating a little bit to watch the Buccaneers play a really similar game plan and execute it and succeed for four straight quarters. We were within seven minutes of achieving the same thing, and then Mahomes yeah. would have lost three playoffs in a row, basically, one AFC and two Super Bowls, had we just held on for seven more minutes or Jimmy G yeah. doesn't overthrow the ball. I mean, there's a lot of— Well, yeah, I mean, defensively, they were much more sound last year. They didn't give up scoring drives to us via penalty as much as they were gift wrapping that to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They did it on multiple drives, and you just can't do that in the NFL without paying for it one way or another. And in the Bucks' case, they took advantage, I believe, every single time. So if the Bucks were doing that to us last year, it would have been the same result. No amount of a seven-minute comeback would have, you know, we would have been. It would have been a different psychology versus a two-possession psychology. It would have been a blowout man psychology, and it wouldn't have been, you know, that rally wouldn't have, wouldn't have mattered. It would have been garbage time points, and we would have had 
you know, the, 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 the sound of mine to just know that we had the game in the bag, especially when they're gift wrapping drives like that. Cause Kyle Shanahan's going to tear you apart. We, you know, with, with play calling when you're giving up penalties to put us back in the red zone and giving you know, on third and, you know, third and short, you know, coming up short on the defensive end to, to give us a, bre- a fresh new set of downs. They just gift wrapped that stuff. And that was important. That was frustrating to hear. And I did see like one or two of those occurrences when I was passing by the television set. But, um, but that, but, and that, that was kind of the most frustrating part. So I was like, wow, they didn't play that badly against us, you know? And, and, uh, but you know, whatever, it's just the luck of the draw. They, again, Kansas city just, in my opinion, was just not prepared. We're un- extremely undisciplined, and it came back to bite them. Yeah, right. and the injuries were not, the injuries did them no favors. I mean, they were yeah, really banged the up. Yeah, and and Mahomes was was limping by the end of the game. And I'll tell you something really interesting. Last year, the Chiefs were the most penalized team for holding calls. And I don't know if you read this. This is this came out, you know, uh, on the beat writer stuff here in San Francisco. But that the 49ers actually believed that. Uh, they 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 believed that they were going to get some of those calls, and they said, "Man, you know, if, if they do this like what they've been averaging on these holding calls, this is gonna we're gonna win. This is gonna be a huge day for us." And they basically swallowed their whistles for the entire game. And so I'm wondering if there was a little bit of that residual too. I mean, remember, you know, these these refereeing staffs they talk from season to season, so it is very quite possible they're going, "Hey, look, man, you know, we we let a lot of this stuff go with the Chiefs last year." And you, 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 the refereeing needs to be on it. We can't allow that to happen again. And and it's a it's a different crew too. The the previous crew that did yes. last year was not the same crew that did this year. And the other factor too that I think plays into it, in addition to what you contributed, is that the receivers of Tampa Bay are much larger and bigger. You know, these are big Mike Evans, big time receiver, Chris Godwin, big time receiver. We don't have big time Gronkowski at at tight end. Yes, exactly. These are big mismatch players where if you're going to try to hold and get away with the same, with the same behavior pattern that they exhibited last year, I think it's going to be much harder to shroud that type of those, that type of shady play because the, the, the mismatch in size between, Tampa Bay's wide receiver core and Kansas City's secondary was just much a much larger gap versus our core versus their core. Uh, so I think it was just much harder to get away with that with that crew too. So I, I, again, to to kind of r- summarize what we've said here, you know, uh, a little bit of residual from not calling that last year, which was unbelievable, to also getting a new crew in there and also the difference in the wide receiver core uh, this time around too. It's much harder to get away with that when you have a big ass Mike Evans in your face, you know, when you pull someone that big, it's a little bit more obvious. So, you know, I, I think there was a few different factors going in the way of Tampa Bay that also helped contributing to, to garnering more flags, which unfortunately we didn't get last year. Yeah. So that was interesting. And, it, you know, it was interesting to see. And that was probably the part that was, you know, the most frustrating. But in general, yeah, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed with the Bucks. I was pretty impressed with their ability to rally. And it shows once again that it is very difficult to win back to back. And hopefully the Niners can uh, make a comeback and really rally. Now, next week, we are going to have my boy, Trevor James. He is the most diehard Chiefs fan I know and uh, we are going to be bringing him on for a 49ers 
Chiefs reconciliation episode. It is now time for me to release my hate from our brothers in the AFC West. I've always considered the Chiefs the brothers of the Niners. And so this year I will – they went through my one year of completely rooting against them. They delivered what I wanted, which is a lot. Now they get to feel the sting of the loss of the Super Bowl, just like we did the year before. And so we're going to bring them on so that we can bring Niner, Niner Empire, Chiefs Empire back together as brothers. It's where our quarterbacks used to go to die, but that's not going to happen for about 10 years because Mahomes is there. And so, uh, so you know, this is – but this is a team that we have a longstanding, very positive relationship with. We both hate the Raiders, the, you know, the whole, the whole nine. So – uh, that'll be a fun, a fun episode. Now, moving on, Raymond, let's talk some Warriors, brother. So the Warriors, Raymond, here we are. I'm looking at the standings. Much this, better topic. Still, Yeah, still look like the Warriors. As of Thursday, February 11th, we do play the Orlando Magic today. They're sitting at 13 and 12, uh, you know, just over 500. <laughs> They're uh, still look like the, in the conference. <laughs> They're. Eight and five at home, five and seven away, and literally five and five in the last ten games, and they've won one. Uh, you know they're on a one-game win streak. They, you know, they defeated the uh, they defeated the San Antonio Spurs on Tuesday, and now we'll be facing Orlando. Um, and so obviously we're facing some some injuries um, up and down the squad. But give me your assessment of the last week of Warriors basketball. I feel like it's been a little bit more of the same. Fun, scrappy team. You have a big win against the Mavericks over the weekend. Huge, you know, put Luka Doncic and that team in their place, only to lose to them by one point just a couple days later. But what's your assessment of this current week in Warriors basketball? Well, I felt like, Coming into the week was a good opportunity to actually get some momentum and put a winning streak together, a winning streak of more than just two games, which has not happened yet. And injury just really set this team back, in my opinion. Uh, you know, every piece is vital. But in the Warriors case, they lost both centers, both centers that rotate between starting and coming off the bench. So you don't have size. You don't have length. You don't have a viable presence in the paint. And that makes a huge difference. You're you're playing small ball the entire week. Looney's out for the for you know he's got a sprained ankle, and we find out that Wiseman's injury is more than just it's going to take more than just a week. So good luck playing small ball. I mean they they obviously can still put up points, and they're still they have they've kind of kept the same pace that they've kept all season long since the 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 two back to back blowouts in the beginning of the season. And that's win one, lose one, win two, lose two. It's kind of the same thing over and over again, which is a little frustrating. But I, you know, if if Wiseman and Looney are healthy, you sweep the Mavs in that series. If Wiseman and Looney are healthy, you sweep the Spurs in that series, and you've got a four-game win streak, and you are no longer in the eighth position in the West. So a huge difference that health makes for this team right now. The other thing too. If you look at the losses and wins, with the exception of the Suns blowout, which was very similar to the Spur, the last Spurs blowout in terms of the, the scoring, the, the, the Warriors are winning convincingly in the wins and losing narrowly in the losses. So that tells me they're really not that far off from being able to put together a good streak. They've just got to find a way to be a little bit more consistent 
and they will close those narrow losses because that's what I'm seeing out of this team right now this past week. So again, wins, very convincing. And and a few in the Mavericks and the Spurs case, two blowouts. And then in the losses, one point to the uh to the Mavs, two possessions to the Spurs. So these the they're not that far and this and versus even versus the Celtics, they were uh, also a a two possession loss to the Celtics. So again, um, we're seeing that. And against the Pistons, wipe the floor with them like everyone's been wiping the floor with them. So you have three blowouts and then three narrow losses. And then the one blowout to the Suns, they just let that one get a little bit out of hand there, which is unfortunate. But the fact is they are not that far away. Once if they can get help, once they get healthy again, they can get back to working on getting more consistent. And then these losses that I'm seeing here, these last three losses, I think those become wins because they're just they're they're really close. So that that's what I see, which I think is very encouraging towards this latter half of the, or as we get we're past I mean what they're 25 games into it so we're now one third of the way through the season so that that's this that's encouraging to me I, I'm an optimist so that's what I see you know it, it, and if you look at the record of these teams there it's there's not a huge difference right so you got the Spurs sitting at the sixth seed they're 14 and 11 you got the nuggets sitting at the seventh seed they're 13 and 11 you have the Warriors at the eighth seed 13 and 12. The Grizzlies 10 and 10. The Kings 12 and 12. The Mavericks 12 and 14. You know, so that's that is spot 6 through 12. And all these teams are kind of hovering right around the same amount of wins. They're all just hovering just under 500 or a little bit over 500. Just a couple wins vaults you up into that, you know, 6 spit 6 fifth or 6 spot. But even if this is where we end up for the entire season and we have to go, you know, and, and play the one game in tournament, you know, where they, they have to play it to, to, you know, the, the little play in tournament to get in. I still like this team's chances of making to the playoffs. I, I, I went from believing the Warriors were not going to make a run, not going to get into the playoffs. And now being looking at the landscape and going, I think we might be the AC. We might have to face the Lakers uh, first. But as you mentioned, pulling a couple wins together. Getting on a four or five game win streak might be just enough games. Just doing it once this season might be enough to put us in there, like Candlestick Will was saying a couple weeks ago, get us somewhere in the middle there, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth seed, and then maybe we get through the first round. We don't have to pay one of the big guns till the second round and give us a little deep in the playoffs. They they would have been they would have been the fifth seed had they won four games straight. Had they swept the Spurs and Mavericks, which I thought that they were totally capable of doing. If they weren't missing both their centers, I think they do win those four games. And I think they end up at 15 and 10 versus 13 and 12. And they're right behind the Suns, who are 15 and 9 at the five spot. So I think they're in fifth place if they're healthy. And they're not right now. And unfortunately, because they're so fragile with this group and they haven't quite fully gelled yet, that uh, all, all, the, all these role players matter. So uh, the fact that they're missing two big ones at the same position. I think is is a is a huge drawback. So the sooner they can get them back, the better, because I do think that uh, eventually in these next you know two thirds left in the season that they will put together a couple of win streaks of four or five games, possibly even more. Best case scenario, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, best case scenario. I'm not sure if I can see them going past a four or five game win streak right now. I'm just not sure if we have the offensive firepower to do that long term. But 
I still like this team's chances to get into the playoffs, and they are still really fun to watch. You know, I mean, every game they're right in it, and that's I mean, that's really all you can ask from former a, a Warriors team that guess the Warriors team is currently constructed. You know, so yep. agree. So, Raymond, we will be back next week with our our Chiefs Niners reconciliation podcast. Let's bring the two teams back together. I will release my hate of the Chiefs. They have delivered me. Their Super Bowl loss. So now I will d- return my love back to them. That's how this works. Because of because <laughs> you lose, I love. I love in your loss. That's it's reciprocal. It's, it's reciprocal. reciprocal. You lose, I love. That's that's how this works. Uh, uh, and uh, and then you know obviously we will continue our yearly coverage, our yearly coverage of the Warriors and. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.